Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillah. Ve salatu ve selamu ala Resulillah. Ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve men velah. Allahümme şrah li sadri ve sir li amri. Vahlul uqdatan min lisani yefkahu qawli. Allahümme allim cahlana Rabbilah. This evening we continue to read Al-Mathnawi Al-Arabi Nuri. Which is a book by Ustad Badi'i Zaman Said Nursi. And this book is rather dense and complex. Because it's very much like the incubator or the seedbed from which the Rasail al-Nur uh, sprouted. As you know, the Rasail al-Nur is a vast library of uh, basically re-articulation of Muslim aqeedah, uh, Islamic aqeedah, in, in a, in a uh, modern context, very much rooted in the old Ash'ari uh, Maturidi tradition of the Ummah, but very much uh, open to the concerns of humanity today. And the Matna al-Arabi nuri is, is, is a fundamental uh, text that is uh, often not read because, uh, because of its density. People usually just read the Rasail al-Nur. But I think it's an important exercise to go through the Matna al-Arabi nuri uh, and to give it a, uh, try to give it a thorough read. It's also extremely important to try and uh, develop an English vocabulary that can uh, articulate some of these ideas uh, just in case this vocabulary can help in the renewal of ilmul kalam or Islamic theology for, uh, for today. Ustad Badi' Zaman Nursi often spoke of ilm kalam jadid that was required uh, for uh, modern times. And uh, in many ways the development of a discourse and a new kalam in the sense of a new speech, a new discourse speaking the Haqaiq al-Iman, or the truths of, of, uh, of uh, doctrine or belief of Islam in a, in a contemporary manner is extremely important. And hence the, these uh, meditations on the Matnawi al-Arabi nuri And uh, we, we are progressing rather slowly because we're reading line by line, uh, old, uh, old madrasa uh, style. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time on the introduction which the Ustad wrote himself because it, it sheds a lot of light not only in, of, on the nature of the book itself, but on the Rasail al-Nur and on the project at large. And then we began to read the first letter, which is the Lama'at min Shams al-Tawheed, or illuminations um, of, the, of the sun of, uh, of uh, uh, acknowledgement or witnessing to the unity of Allah Azza wa Jal, uh, the oneness of Allah Azza wa Jal. And uh, this lamaat uh, has been also going rather slowly, but we've made quite a, a bit of progress. We, we read about the first illumination, uh, which talks about the unique signature of the creator in his creation. And we read about the second illumination, which is uh, also again about divine signs, but in those living things. And then the third one um, is regarding the actual giving of life. And then the fourth one, uh, which uh, has to do with the um, simplicity of assuming a single uh, creator versus having to assume uh, an infinite number of uh, uh, creators. And it's, uh, we haven't reached the, the uh, fourth illumination. We were doing the third illumination. We were in the middle of it uh, last time. So I shall continue. For those of you who were not here for the previous uh, talks, and if this is uh, new to you, I hope you don't find it too strange, but uh, you are always welcome to uh, look back at the, uh, uh, we've done seven so far before, and this is the eighth. Uh, on YouTube, you can find them, um, uh, and, and you can follow what you have missed, um, and then, inshallah, can continue with us uh, further. 
uh, it's actually quite uh, interesting that with today's technology, sometimes we've had as little as four or five people uh, in, in some of these uh, talks. And then you find you know, 200, 300 people on, on watching it on, on the net, which is, which is really nice. I welcome some uh, guests also. We have a guest from Canada, a dear friend who just arrived. And we also have uh, Mr. Muhammad Limsalati, who is, the, uh, in my view, the most advanced uh, talib ilm in, uh, in the Ottoman Madrasa in Tripoli, and uh, a real uh, specialist in uh, Aqidah and Kalam. So I hope I don't make too many mistakes in front of him. He's a great scholar. Doesn't look like it, but you know, very young, but very, very bright, mashallah. Okay, so um, we will read the, uh, on the third illumination. And I shall just uh, repeat reading from the beginning. I will read quickly, and then uh, I will read in more detail as, as we get to the part we didn't cover last time. Al-Lam'a Thalitha, the third illumination. Undur ila naqshi ra'ihi Look at the details of the unique signature. And we said the Taghra is a symbol that is often used by Ustad Badi'a Zaman Nursi. Taghra is, is the unique signature of the Sultan. All the Sultans of the Dawla Al-Uthmaniya Al-Aliya had this very complex signature, uh, unique. Each Sultan had a unique signature. And we said that the Taghra is important because it's a symbol of not only uh, uniqueness, and, uh, but, but also of authority. So uh, Sheikh Badi' Zaman Nursi actually uses the, the notion of, of the Taghra in his uh, semiology, if you like, uh, or semiotics. It is not just an icon or a sign, but an authoritative, unique sign, okay? And, uh, and uh, uh, he uses that quite a bit. So he's saying, look at the details of his unique authoritative signature, which is actually minted on the ihya wa i'ta al upon the actual enlivening and the bestowing or the giving of life. And, and here we're, we're talking about the, the actual activity of, of creation. Um, and, and the uniqueness of this giving of life. نذكر مما لا يعد واحدة وهو أنه and we shall amongst the uh, countless signs we shall only count one and this is the one he's talking about here. كما أن للشمس على كل شفاف أو كشفاف من السيارات إلى القطرات إلى الذرات الزجاجية والزجاجات الثلجية سكة مثالية من جلواتها وطغراء غراء خاصة بها كذلك أن إن أن الشمس الأحادية سرمدية كيت وكيت يعني just as the sun has upon all um, transparent things and quasi uh, transparent things um, amongst the dynamic things that move the سيارات uh, إلى القطرات and even the droplets and the ذرات الزجاجية fragments of, of glass was and snowflakes. I actually, I, I listened to the uh, lecture last time, I called them sunflakes, that was a mistake of course. But it would make a, name, a good name for cereal, I think, sunflakes. But the zujajat uh, al are the snowflakes. Sikkatun uh, mithaliya, a virtual stamp, a virtual mint, you know, like you, 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 you have the unique stamp on a coin. Min jalawatiha, from amongst its manifestations. وطغرى, غرى, and a magnificent 
uh, authoritative signature unique to it. كذلك, just as in the case of the sun, it is the case with the sun of unification of Allah Azza wa Jal. كذلك أن للشمس الأحدية السرمدية على كل ذي حياة من جهة الإحياء وإفاضة الحياة طرة وسكة من تجلي الأحدية تظهر بخصوصية لو اجتمع الأسباب بفرض الاقتدار والاختيار لها على أن يقلدوا ويأتوا بمثلها لم يفعلوا ولو كان بعضهم لبعض ظهيرة So just as the sun is uh, uniquely manifested in every droplet, in every snowflake so that even though that droplet or snowflake may seem luminescent its illumination is actually not original to it but only a manifestation of the one illumination of the sun just as that is the case with the sun and all these transparent and semi-transparent things it is the case with the sun of the unification of Allah Azza wa that is actually manifest in everything that you see and I had explained uh, amply last time I don't need to repeat that here we're talking about Wihdatil Ihya not Wihdatil Wujud uh, sorry, Wihdatil Ijad not Wihdatil Wujud meaning the very activity of giving of being Okay? The unity of the giving of being, the unity of the giving of life. The Shaykh points out that this giving is, is, uh, is unique and the oneness of Allah Azza wa shines through it just as the sun shines through all these il- uh, illumina- uh, illuminated droplets or, or pieces of glass or snowflakes. يلزم عليك أن تقبل شميسة حقيقية وبالأصالة في كل قطرة قابلتها الشمس وفي كل زجاجة أضاءتها الشمس بل في كل ذرة شفافة تشمست وما هذا الفرض إلا بلاهة من أعجب البلاهات So he's saying just in the case of the sun just like as, as in the case of the sun if you do not assume that there is one sun that's illuminating all these illuminated things okay you will have to assume that there is an actual sun in every droplet, an actual sun in every snowflake, an actual sun in every piece of glass that, that, that is illuminated by the sun. Uh, meaning, if you do not assume one sun that's illuminated, uh, sorry, that illuminates everything, you will, be, you will have to assume that there is a sun in every illuminated thing, okay, which is quite dumb, as he says, من أعجب البلاهات Balaha is, 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 is a kind of stupidity or, or dumbness, okay? So, he's saying, by the same token, if we do not assume that all that we see, the, 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 the creation, is, is but manifestations of a single creativity by a single creator, then we will have to assume cre- creators in every single iota or atom or, or unit of the whole universe. Okay? Yeah, it's not only having uh, two or three or four gods, it's actually having an infinite number of divinities in every single iota of the universe, which is stupid, as, as the Shaykh would say. Balahatan min a'jab al balahat, one of the, the most uh, uh, strange of, of all stupidities, as he puts it. And now we begin to read from where we haven't read before. Kadalika. أنك لو لم تسند كل حي وحياة وإحياء بواسطة تجلي الأحدية الجامعة وبواسطة كون الحياة نقطة مركزية لتجلي الأسماء 
التي هي أشاعة شمس الأزل والأبد لازم عليك أن تقبل في كل ذي حياة ولو ذبابة أو زهرة قدرة فاطرة بلا نهاية وعلما محيطا وإرادة مطلقة وكذا صفات لا يمكن وجودها إلا في الواجب الوجود So he's saying just as uh, in the case of the sun if you do not if you do not attribute in every living thing كذلك أنك لو لم تسند كل حي Okay, if you do not attribute every single living thing, وحيات, and every life, وإحياء, and every giving of life, if you don't, if you do not attribute these things to the mediation, بواسطة تجلي, the manifestation, الأحدية الجامعة, a, a unity or a unification or a oneness that actually collects all these things, okay, that actually makes sense in one. In one glorious manner, uh, gathers all this multiplicity. If you don't have this gathering of all this multiplicity uh, through the oneness of Allah Azza wa Jal, and if you do not see that, uh, uh, or if you do not acknowledge the mediation of life being a central point. Okay, for the manifestation of the divine names, al-asma. Okay, التي هي أشعة شمس الأزل والأبد, which are actually the rays, the asma, the names being the rays of the sun of eternity and and uh, and uh, uh, basically negative infinity and positive infinity, al-azal wal-abad. لازم عليك أن تقبل في كل حياة. You would have to accept in every. Uh, في كل ذي حياة in every single thing that has life ولو ذبابة أو زهرة even a fly or a flower what would you need to attribute to those things قدرة فاطرة a will that actually makes things creates things بلا نهاية in, a, in an infinite manner وعلما and a knowledge محيطا علما محيطا a, a knowledge that is comprehensive that is all knowing وإرادة مطلقة and an infinite will Okay, I will I will go back again. And last time I did mention that for Sheikh Badi'a Zaman Nursi, just as in the case of Taftazani and Fakhr Razi and uh, and Al Maturidi, Rahmatullah Alayhi Majma'in, there is this doctrine which is very important that what you see in life is basically athar. Athar. What you are seeing is traces. Okay, just as you're walking on the beach and you see the footprints of someone who just walked. Okay? You're seeing traces. You're not actually seeing the activity of walking. You're seeing the trace that the walking leaves. However, looking at the trace, you can, you can actually understand the walking that has resulted in that trace, just as trackers uh, do, be it Native Americans or Boy Scouts or, or in the army. You actually look at the tracks and you can not only guess on who did the walking, but also how they were walking. Were they limping? Were they running? Were they, were they fast? Were they slow? You can tell a lot by the trace. These mashayikh believe that what you see in the universe are basically traces. And the traces actually point to that which left them. The traces actually, the trace, the, the athar, actually points to the fi'l that left it. Meaning that the trace actually points to the activity that left the trace. 
Okay? And the activity, the fi'l, actually points to the name, okay, of he who left that, or, or who, who exercised that activity, or who made that activity that left that trace. So the athar yadul ala al-fi'l. Well, fi'l yadul ala al-ism. Okay? So the trace actually points to the activity. The activity points to the name. The name actually points to the attribute. So al-ism yadul ala sifa Okay? And the attribute points to the that, to the one, to the actual uh, uh, oneness or the identity of, okay, the one who left all that. I, 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 I know this is a little bit complicated. Let me, I will have to repeat myself several times to unpack this very difficult sentence, okay? So, you look at the trace, the trace points to the activity, the activity points to the name, the name points to the attribute, the attribute points to the that, okay? Meaning, there is a process of signification, okay? What they call in, in semiotics, semiosis, okay? A, 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 a process of dilala in Arabic, a, 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 a process of pointing to, okay? You do not see the that, and you cannot know the that, okay? However, you, you looking at the trace, it definitely signifies the that. Not directly, but through signifying the activity that only are manifestations of names, which are actually pointing to attributes, which actually uh, point to the that. Okay? Now, this process of having the universe point to its maker, okay, this is actually a path to Allah Azzawajal. This is a way to Allah Azza wa This is a journey to Allah Azza wa that is actually feasible in everything that you see. Meaning in every ayah, in every sign that you see, you actually have the opportunity of having this process of being pointed to the one maker who made all of this. And it's not simply the one maker, you see the maid, you think of the maker. It's not simply that. It's actually, you, you know, the maker in a particular way. Meaning, when you see something very intricately made, it points to the intricacy that you see, that is the trace. It points to the intricate activity, which points to a name, a divine name, that has to do with intricacy, like al-mudabbir, for example, okay? Or al-badi'ah, you know? The, the, that points to the intricacy. And this name actually points to the sifa of Allah Azza wa Jal, be it, for example, his sifat al-irada combined with his sifat al-ilm, okay? And that points to the that al-aliyya, Allahumma, yani, a'allimna ya dhul jalali wal-ikram. Now, when it comes to the that, there is no idraq of the that. You cannot have comprehension of the that. All idraq breaks down because the that, even Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his prayer says, Subhanaka ma'arifna kahaqqa ma'arifatik. We do not know you as you should be known or as you ought to be known or as you are to be known or as you truly are. Why? Because only Allah Azza wa Jal knows Allah in that way. Okay? Everybody else knows Allah Azza wa Jal to the extent and in the way that Allah Azza wa Jal uh, 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 wills he uh, uh, for him to, to, to know Allah Azza wa Prophecy is basically 
the, 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 the process of Allah telling us who He is, what His names are, and, and uh, what we are to attribute to Him and what we are to uh, not attribute to Him, we are not to call Allah names that from ourselves. They have to be manifested in the Quran and the Sunnah, they have to be taught to us through prophecy. Meaning, the way to Allah is only through His guidance of us to Him. And there is guidance which actually comes in the Quran and the Sunnah, as in, as in revelation, as in spoken revelation through Kalamullah, okay? Or the Kalam of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but through Wahyullah, because even, even the utterances in the hadith, if it is Sihah, the hadith is actually Wahy. So do not make the mistake of thinking hadith is something extra than or, or not wahi. It's, it's actually part of the aqeedah of Ahl-Sunnah wa Jama'ah to, to believe that the, both the Qur'an and the hadith are, are basically manifestations of wahi. The Kalamullah, the Qur'an is in Kalamullah uh, uh, Azza wa Jal. The hadith sharif is wahiullah, uh, uh, but through the utterances of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay? But it's still... Uh, wahi, and it is not only uh, uh, valid and uh, 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 truthful, it's actually normative. Okay? So, you know, this bid'ah of saying I want to just be Qur'ani and not, not follow the hadith is not, is not, is not, is not Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah. Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah have to accept the Qur'an and the hadith. And the Risalat al-Shafi'i, rahmatullah alayh, in Usul al-Fiqh explain this amply if you want to, if you want to read it. So, one way to, to know is through the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Another way to know is to contemplate the universe, but in light of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So, you're never away from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. But you, there is a way to Allah Azza wa Jal every morning, in every tree, in every bird that flies by, in every breath you take, even just contemplating your hand, your, the way you talk, the fact that now I am creating vibrations in the air, Okay, using all sorts of complex wiring, okay, or, or, or physical apparatus, and this vibration is actually moving something physical in your ear, and somehow the ma'ani or the meanings that I mean are actually somehow manifested in your mind, okay? And, and uh, this is a karama that, that we, we, we experience every single day as we talk to each other, and somehow we forget how difficult that is, how complex that is, and how strange it is that a meaning in someone's mind can actually be conveyed to somebody else. Okay? It's, it really is a... So, when you look at the ayat in the light of the Quran and the Sunnah, you will find that these ayat are actually traces of an activity, okay, of af'al, and that these af'al actually point to divine names that sometimes you, you see jalal, okay? Uh, and, and, and you know something that's in thunder, for example, or in lightning, and sometimes you see Jamal in a small bird, you know, sweetly uh, drinking from a droplet of water, you know, or a butterfly, and sometimes. But but you're always seeing activities, okay, of the, that are actually manifestations of names, divine names, which actually point to the sifat, and the sifat points to the that. So that is the. The, 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 the kind of, if you like, the process or the path to Allah Azza wa Jal. The Shaykh is saying, 
كذلك أنك لو لم تسند كل كل حي وحياة وإحياء بواسطة تجلي الأحدية الجامعة if you do not attribute all that you see be it a living thing or a giving of life or a, a life or a, a something living okay um, if you do not attribute all this to the mediation of one unity one oneness okay that's actually manifested in all these things in a manner that collects them all that actually gathers them all وبواسطة كون الحياة نقطة مركزية لتجلي الأسماء and if you do not see that this life that you see before you is but a, a point, an excess okay? نقطة مركزية, an excess for the manifestation of the divine names meaning that in the butterfly I see المدبر I see البديع I see الحكيم I see العليم I see القدير I see, I see, what do, what do I mean by I see? I, I do not mean to I see at that. Ta'ala and kabira. What I mean, I see the activities that point to these Asma'ul Husna, to these names. Okay? And these Asma'ul Husna point to the sifat of Qudra, Irada, Ilm, Hayat. Okay? And the Ilm, Irada, and Hayat point to a one. Okay? Who has all these attributes. So in a way, Allah is actually giving you all these signs to lead you to him in every breath as, as the Mashaykh say okay? in, every, in every breath and every glimpse that you see you're actually given away to him and that's why the Mashaykh say as in Sidi Muhammad bin Ali Sanusi founder of the great Sanusi order says الطرائق بعدد أنفاس الخلائق Okay. The, way, the ways to Allah Azza wa Jal are as many as the breaths you take. Okay. As a matter of fact, as many as the breaths of all creatures. Because in every breath, there is abundance of signification that leads you to Allah Azza wa Jal. So yeah, there, is, there is semiosis, there is, a, there is signification, dilala, in everything that you see. And everything is a dalil. Everything that you see is a dalil. And each dalil has an activity of Dilala. Just as the policeman goes like this, okay? This Dalil does Dilala. The Dilala is the fi'l, okay? The Dalil is the name of the sign. Dilala is the, is the activity. But the strange thing about activity, this activity of Dilala, is it's actually an activity that points to other than itself. Meaning, if somebody says, look at the frame, and instead of looking at the frame, you look at my finger, you're not getting the point. You're not getting the point that the finger is actually pointing to the frame. The point is not to look at the finger, it's to look at the frame. Meaning, if you get obsessed with the dalil, and you forget that it is an activity of leading you to Allah Azza wa Jal, you become obsessed with the dalil, and forget that it is a dilala for that which is madlul, okay, that which is signified, then you're stuck in alamul asbab, as the mashayikh will say. You'll be stuck in, in the world of signification, but being obsessed with the sign itself, rather than that which is pointed out. If somebody is going to Abu Dhabi, and reaches after Ibn Battuta Mall, and, and sees the sign Abu Dhabi, and he parks the car, goes down and, and looks for the ministry that he's going to uh, in the sign. We say this man is crazy. 
Because if somebody stops and says, what are you doing? He says, oh, I reached Abu Dhabi. I'm looking for the Ministry of Education. They say, this is the sign leading you to Abu Dhabi. It's not Abu Dhabi itself. So similarly, you can have physicists who study the universe quite thoroughly. But if they stand with the universe and not see that the universe points to the universe maker, then they are just as strange as the man who gets stuck with the Abu Dhabi sign. So that he can actually, actually somebody who analyzes the Abu Dhabi sign can have a, write a big book about the type of paint, the chemistry of the paint of the Abu Dhabi sign. About, he can write a book about the calligraphy of the signage. He can write a point about the lighting reflected on the sign in a particular, with a particular angle at a particular time. You can do a lot of detailed work on the sign, just as the physicist can write a huge volume on the universe, a book on cosmology, and yet be stuck with the cosmos and not see that it points to the creator. Okay? So, what the Sheikh is saying, rahmatullahi alayhi, is that it's incredibly important to, to see that in this multiplicity before you, okay, in every single living thing, in every life, in every giving of life, that there is a collective activity, okay, or a, a more precisely, a kind of gathering together of all these things, a kind of a unification of all these things that comes not from lumping them together, not from stringing them together, not from accumulating them on, on top of each other, but comes from seeing that all that which is before you is but the result of the manifestation of the, of the creativity of the one creator. Meaning, you look at all this stuff and you see the unity in the activity of creation, okay? which points to the creator, the one creator. Okay? So I will, now that we've said all this, let me repeat the sentence again. كذلك أنك لو لم تسند كل حي وحياة وإحياء بواسطة تجلي الأحدية الجامعة If you do not attribute every living thing and every life and every giving of life through the mediation of the manifestation of the collective or comprehensive oneness and through the mediation of knowing that life is but the nexus of the manifestation of the names. So what I told you about the traces and the names and so on is simply trying to explain this. How is life the nexus for the manifestation of the names? It is the nexus because it is a trace that points to the names, that points to the attributes, but that points to the that. Okay? التي هي أشعة شمس الأزل والأبد and the 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 um, the ray okay the ray of the sun from minus infinity and that is الأزل to plus infinity and that is الأبد okay تمام from primordiality to eternity Right? Azal and Abad, that's very important. Now the amazing thing about Azal and Abad 
as though we say minus infinity and plus infinity, it's actually atemporal. Okay? We're talking here of what's called ontological. Okay? Primordiality, ontological, eternity. Meaning, before time itself and after time itself. Because as I pointed out last time, creation happens to time itself. Time is actually created. Okay, just as in modern physics, when they say time is the fourth dimension, time itself is created. So that when we're talking about the kun, do not think that the kun is temporal. Meaning that there is a frame of time, and then the kun is inside the frame of time. Because otherwise you'll have what's called qiyam al-hawadith bidhat al-aliyya. Ta'ala an dhalika uluwan kabira. Which is to actually affirm activity within the divine essence. Okay? The Ahlul Sunnah wa Jama'ah actually, the Ashair and the Maturidiyya, and the Ahlul Hadith also of the old Hanbali school do not accept okay, that creation happens in time. Actually, time itself is created. Okay? That's extremely important. So, when we say Al Azal wal Abad, and we say minus infinity and plus infinity, it's with a little bit of a, a, a metaphorical sense. Okay? It's not. Minus infinity, plus infinity on the on the a line of integers. Okay, it's actually at the level of being itself, primordiality at the ontological or, or the level of being, and eternity at the at the level of, of being itself. Uh, I've complicated more than explained, I think, but uh, I, I I need to qualify some of this terminology just to make sure that I don't fall into the wrong aqidah. Uh, uh, so I will repeat again. كذلك أنك لو لم تسند كل حي وحياة وإحياء بواسطة تجلي الأحدية الجامعة وبواسطة كون الحياة نقطة مركزية لتجلي الأسماء التي هي أشعة شمس الأزل والأبد لازم عليك أن تقبل في كل ذي حياة ولو ذبابة أو زهرة قدرة فاطرة بلا نهاية وعلما محيطا وإرادة مطلقة. So. If you do not attribute to every living thing and every life and every giving of life the manifestation, okay, the mediation of the manifestation of a collective or gathering oneness or the mediation of a, a, a nexus or, or life, or sorry, a, a mediation of life itself being a nexus, a, a central nexus for the manifestation of divine names, okay, which are the rays of the eternal sun. And the primordial sun, meaning the sun of 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 uh, of, uh, of of uh, being itself, wajib al-wujud himself, azza wa jal ta'ala ta'ala an 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 tashbihatin aluwa kabira. Lazim alayka, you would be forced if you don't accept the unification through the oneness of Allah azza wa jal, you will be forced to accept and taqbala fi kulli the hayatin that in everything that has life, walau dubabatin, even if it is a fly. Or a simple flower, you would need to attribute to that dubaba, that, that fly, you would need to assume that it has qudratan fatiratan bila nihaya, that it would have a, a, a capacity for creation that is infinite, muhitan, and a knowledge that is all comprehensive, and an absolute will. Why do you say that? Well, it's very simple. Take something as simple as the division of the, of the cells of an embryo to make a creature, even a fly. You know, the, 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 the creature begins as one, one cell, 
okay? Which then keeps multiplying. Now, the one cell that multiplies is very strange because from the same cytoplasm and, and uh, protoplasm and the same mitochondria and, 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 and the same uh, uh, fundamental elements, you get differentiation. Some of the cells, as they multiply, become uh, muscle tissue. Some become sensors. They become part of the eye. Some become, in the case of the fly, uh, cells for the wing, transparent and light. Some become uh, muscles for the, for the, for the legs. So, uh, so not uh, cells for the legs. Some become uh, a digestive system. It's the same, fundamentally, the same types of cells. How do the cells know where to go? How does the eye cell know that it has to be an eye cell? How does it migrate from the other cells to take its proper position in the eye? And how does it become shaped to become a receptor of light versus the other cell that becomes uh, part, of, or part of the digestive system or part of the, of the leg or part of the wing? The, the, it's amazing that it's not a case of a designer sitting with Lego boxes building the fly. It's actually kind of from the inside, you have all this differentiation happening, and everything goes according to plan. If you do not assume that this is created by Allah Azza wa if you do not assume a single creator for such a creature, you will need to assume that every single cell had the knowledge of where to go, had the will to go where it has to go, has the wisdom to fit into its place next to the other cells, okay? It has to have the, and, and, and you can enumerate, and you'll actually find that it would have to basically have sifat that are quite the sifat of a, of a creator. Meaning, if you do not assume one creator, you will end up with an infinite number of creators. You will have to assume a creator in every single cell. As a matter of fact, in every single part of a cell. Because, you know, complexity, you, you take the cell, it's very complex. It has a wall, it has uh, various, various parts, but take the mitochondria within the cell, you'll find that the mitochondria itself is complex. You take the DNA within the mitochondria, you'll find that it's very complex. You take the, ultimately it is basically organic material, so it's hydrogen and carbon. You take the carbon uh, atom, and, and uh, beyond the complexity of the actual DNA, look at the carbon atom itself, you'll find the complexity of the atom, the protons and the neutrons and the electrons. You look at the, new, uh, the neutrons and you'll have to go to neutrinos and from neutrinos to quarks. And it's quite complicated at every level. Meaning, at every level, you will, you will need to assume that there is will, wisdom, knowledge, life, okay? The, the basic, the sifat, okay? That, that are attributable only to Allah Azza wa Meaning, if you do not accept, it's a very simple doctrine, and yet it saves you from, from going crazy. If you do not accept that it is Allah Azza wa that unifies all of this, and in one sweep collects it, as the Shaykh says, Al-Ahadiyya Al-Jami'ah, actually gathers it all, okay? And gives clarity to all, if you do not accept a, a single creator for all these things, you'll have to assume infinite creators. 
because you can go to any biology book and you can read as much as you like. Nobody is able to explain until now how it is that these cells know where to go. Okay, they tell you it's a well, DNA is being expressed and DNA is like programs. So basically the software is running. Okay, okay that's great. But the software is running on an operating system. Who wrote the operating system? Who wrote the software itself? You know, when, when uh, what's his name, that British philosopher, atheist, um, who wrote the blind watchmaker, you know? Dawkins. Dawkins uh, wrote several books. One of them is the blind watchmaker. Okay, blind watchmaker, but who, who wrote the program? You, you know, he's very happy about this artificial life software that they work on in such places as, as, this, as the Santa Fe Institute. And they write the software and these cellular automata can grow and can evolve in, in artificial environments and so on. But he forgets something. Somebody wrote the program for that cellular automata. It just didn't pop up on the screen by itself. Okay? So the programming, if you are attributing the intelligence to the DNA, who put the DNA together in such a way? Who made DNA carry such information in the first place? And when you say, oh, it's expression of DNA, you make it sound simple. It's not any less complicated than running a software program on, a, on, a, on an operating system on hardware, okay? And, and if you think that's complicated, the expression of DNA is actually more complicated by a zillion times than the, the software that humans write because it's a lot more complex, okay? And how, how can you make sense of all this? For us Muslims and for monotheists in general, it's very simple. We attribute all this to Allah Azza wa Jal. We put, we, where, does the, where does the intelligence reside? Uh, where does the wisdom reside? Where does the knowledge reside? It all resides with Allah Azza wa Jal. He is the one who is Alim, Qadir, Hakim. He knows, he wills, he is wise. And all the wisdom that we see, all the knowledge that we see, all the will that we see, we have a very simple way of unifying it all. It, it's all Allah Azza wa Jal. Okay? If you don't have that, absolute presupposition, as R.G. Collingwood, the philosopher, would call it. If you don't have that absolute presupposition, and you presuppose that there is no creator, well, Iyadu Billah, and there are atheists who believe that, huh? you will have to assume that you must have not a zillion gods, but a, 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 an infinite number of gods in every single thing, you'll have to, be, to assume a god, because that, that DNA string would have to have wisdom, because Actually, when you look at the, even the shape of DNA, how it's structured, you know, it, there is, okay, if it's, a, if it's a, 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 and you've seen this in books, if it's this complex kind of structure, how does the molecule at the bottom, okay, how does the particular hydrogen atom know where to go? I mean, why isn't it just a lump of carbon and hydrogen? It's not just a lump, okay? It's a very complex protein uh, molecules structured in a definitive way, as complex as some of these weird staircases that you see in shopping centers sometimes, you know? Very complicated structures. Well, how does everyone know where to go? I mean, if we were told as part of, say, opening of the Olympics, you know, to move so that we can form the flag, it takes us six months of training to be able to do this. So that you know, people who watch can see how the flag is formed. 
how does a molecule or an atom at the, this end of the DNA know that that's its place and not that place? Okay? You cannot assume that the intelligence is in the atom, nor is it in the molecule, nor is it in the cell. Where, does it, where is it inherent? If you do not assume that there is a maker who's actually programmed all this, and the, the idea is not to hate Dworkin, the idea is to actually try to explain to him, okay, to, because the, the, the I, I, might, like, I just cannot see how one can live, okay, not acknowledging this, this oneness. It, 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 it's, it's the shortest cut to explaining everything. It's the simplest explanation the most elegant explanation. And yet somehow it's, people go through all sorts of somersaults in order to avoid it, okay? So, we'll go back to the Sheikh. This turning down of the air conditioner wasn't such a good idea. You're okay? Okay. If you do not attribute every living thing and every life and every giving of life through the mediation of the manifestation of a comprehensive gathering oneness. And if you do not assume that life itself is a nexus, a central nexus for the manifestation of the divine names, those names being the rays, the Asha'atu Shams al Azal wal Abad of the sun of eternity and, and uh, uh, primordiality and eternity, if you don't assume all this, you will have necessarily to accept and taqbala fi kulli the hayatin in every single thing that has life. Walaw dhubabatin aw zahra, be it even a fly or a, or a flower, qudratan fatirah, bila nihaya, a, 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 a capacity to create without end, wa ilman muhitan and a comprehensive knowledge وإرادة مطلقة أن أنا أبسلوت ويل okay? Are we okay now? We... Okay. I hope I'm not complicating it rather than explaining it but sometimes the Sheikh says you know نقطة مركزية لتجلي الأسماء and leaves you with that you know and it's, it's he really knows what he's doing the Sheikh memorized something like 40 mutun these are classical books and mediated on them, uh, mediated on them all of his life. So uh, it's very packed, especially the Matnawil Arabi Nuri. So forgive me if a mortal like myself has to sweat to understand even two sentences or one sentence. Okay. وَكَذَا صِفَاتٍ لَا يُمْكِنُ وُجُودَهَا إِلَّا فِي الْوَاجِبِ الْوُجُودِ And he would have to assume attributes that cannot be except in wajib al-wujud. Now, what's wajib al-wujud? Wajib al-wujud is Allah Azza wa Jal. Why is he called wajib al-wujud? It is because his being is necessary. Okay? Everybody else's being is mumkin al-wujud. Okay? Now, this distinction between wajib al-wujud and mumkin al-wujud is not Quranic. It's not in the Quran. Okay? However, the mashayikh, by the time of Rahmatullahi Alayh, Fakhruddin al-Razi, began to uh, use this terminology, which is actually originally philosophic, but began to use this terminology to accept, to, to, to uh, talk about al-bari uh, azza wa jal. Now, um, and by the way, when we speak about theology, all analogies break down. I must preface this. So any analogy I give you breaks down. 
المولى عز وجل تعالى عن كل مثل okay. however something that may help you to understand the difference between واجب الوجود and ممكن الوجود is what happens to you when you look at a mirror if you look at the mirror the talha that's in the mirror is identical with the talha before the, who's looking at the mirror same blue shirt same black hair same okay same talha all right if talha raises his hand the other talha raises his hand if talha lowers his hand talha lowers his hand if it ever happens that talha raises his hand and that other talha lowers his hand we would go crazy yeah why would we go crazy because we know we understand that the being of that image in the mirror is totally dependent on the being that's outside the mirror okay meaning that there is an original being and there is a secondary dependent being okay and what is the proof of dependence the proof is the, of dependence is if i take a hammer and throw it at the mirror the talha that's inside the mirror would disappear but the talha outside the mirror would stay intact okay now if i throw the uh, hammer at the talha uh, no i won't do that <laughs> now the point is we understand the notion of dependent being okay a being that is real and a, be a being that is dependent okay now you have to having made the analogy we have to break it down because in the case of allah azza wa jal the universe is not simply the mirror of allah azza wa jal this is not this is not aqidat al sunnah wal jamaah allah actually creates everything all right mirror and all but it does give you the notion that there is such a thing as maratib al wujud that wujud being is of different levels of being okay being is not all the same meaning the being of the image in the mirror is different than the being of the of of the of the creature outside the mirror and is different than the being of the triangle that you have just now conjured in your head when i said triangle okay and it is different than the being of say take something imaginary as the the classical example in books of logic is the anqa or the uh, what do you call it the uh, phoenix yeah okay meaning there are different types of being all right and different levels of being all right is there such a level of being that is absolute so that it is being as such okay or more precisely the one who is as such by the very virtue of his very being okay only allah azawajal is like that okay all other beings are mumkin al-wujud possible okay they may be or maybe not depending on the will of wajib al-wujud the only one who is with necessary being is the very giver of being as such okay his oneness his being is beyond the the kind of maratib that we have right he is beyond relativism he's not he's beyond the relativity of being or the levels of being his being is the true being he's al-haq okay and there will be of course other beings but all other beings are on a, on a, on a qualitatively completely different level all their being is derivative and is created by allah azza wa jal is bestowed by allah azza wa jal Allah's being is not bestowed by anyone. Lam yalid 
ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد he is not he does not beget not, nor begotten there is nothing no equivalent قل هو الله احد الله الصمد there is this this oneness as the mashayikh al-ash'ari and the maturidiyya say this is not numerical numerical oneness as in 1 2 3 واحد لا من عدد it is a oneness beyond numericality as such it's a, it's it's beyond mathematical oneness this is a oneness of being okay and the mashayikh try to express this oneness by saying wajib al-wujud and they borrow this from ibn sina and uh, and farabi actually it, it 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 does not enter i do not think correct me muhammad if i'm right it's not in baqillani and it's not in uh, juwayni and uh, it begins to enter with ghazali rahmatullah and then gets solidified with fakhr al-razi this kind of terminology then it becomes part of the school of taftazani and nasafi and, and the commentators which, to which the sheikh belongs okay okay so this is not a philosophic wajib al-wujud this is an ash'ari wajib al-wujud okay the 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 creator of all being right that's the wajib al-wujud that's meant here it is not wajib al-wujud of the neoplatonic school of of emanation okay all right rahmatullahi ala sayyidi sheikh okay so he's saying wakada sifat la yumkin wujudaha illa fil wajib al-wujud we would have to assume attributes in all these cells that only belong to allah azza wa jal okay it cannot be part of contingent being it, it, should, it should only belong to necessary being the being that belongs to allah azza wa jal uniquely okay hatta tattar an tu'ti li kull dharra uluhiyya mutlaqa you would you would have to you you would you would you would find my, yourself constrained to give every atom a a an absolute Lordness, uluhiyya mutlaqad, an absolute divinity. Sorry, lordness is rububiyya, uluhiyya is uh, divinity. Okay. Now the distinction between uluhiyya and rububiyya and tawheed, there is a huge discussion. I will just summarize it by saying that the Asha'ira, Maturidiyya and the Hanabila of the old school do not make that distinction. Okay. Now Rahmatullah Ali ibn Taymiyyah kind of innovates this distinction which he actually gets from Ibn Arabi and then propagates it. And now all these books of Tawheed have to start with it. This is actually not the tradition that the Shaykh belongs to. Okay? So he doesn't mean when he says Darat al-Uluhiyyah, he does not mean it in the sense of Ibn Taymiyyah. This is Uluhiyyah as in general, divinity in general. Rahmatullahi ala al-jamiyya. Hatta tuttar an tu'ti, hatta tuttar an tu'ti li kulli darratin uluhiyya mutlaqa. You would have to give absolute divinity to every cell, every atom. In asnata shay ila nafsihi. This is if you uh, attribute the thing to itself. To say that this cell emerged because of itself. Or this atom is there because of itself. You would have to have an infinite number of divine beings basically. أو تقبل لكل سبب من الأسباب الغير المحدودة ألوهية مطلقة or if you don't want to attribute the thing to itself but to say because of causes and because there are an infinite number of things happening you will need an infinite number of causes you will need to attribute the divinity to the causes okay now it is true that the philosophers in ancient times like in Aristotle Aristotle uh, he has four basic causes, okay? R- roughly speaking, just very quickly to say what they are. 
If I want to make a chair, you will need four things. You will need the wood, that is the material cause, right? And you will need the design of the chair, and that is the formal cause. And you need the carpenter who makes it, and that is the uh, operative or active cause, or the agent. And you would need the idea of sitting, okay? And that is the telos, or the intentionality, the intention, teleological or intentional cause. Meaning, you need to have these four in order to make anything, all right? So he tried to reduce all causality to four causes. Others have said, no, it's not like that. There are more causes. And some say it's only one causality as such. But what the Sheikh is saying, if you say that the thing makes itself, then you need an infinite number of divine entities in the thing itself. So each thing becomes a divine being. If you say the thing is made through causes, then you will need infinite causes to make an infinitely complex thing. In each case, you are postulating infinite number of beings with the kind of attributes that only belong to a God. تعالى عن ذلك علو كبير أو تقبل لكل سبب من الأسباب الغير المحدودة ألوهية مطلقة إن أسنت الشيء إلى الأسباب So you would, you would have in case you attribute things to the causes you will have to accept that each one of these causes has an infinite ability and, uh, and basically uh, a, uh, an absolute uh, divinity uh, to, to make sense of that which you see before you وتقبل شركاء غير متناهية في الألوهية and you will need to accept having associates in divinity with al-bari azza wa jal ta'ala an dalika uluwan kabira you'd have to have an infinite number of associated divine divine beings allati sha'nuha al-istiqlaliyya allati la taqbal ash-shirka asla and you will be doing this by attributing divinity to an infinite number of beings while it is in the nature of divinity as such to not accept having any associates. And that's a very important point. Okay? That the uluhiyya, the min sha'niha al-istiqlaliyya, that to it belongs independence, allati la taqbal ash-shirka asla, that cannot accept, as a matter of principle, any associates. Meaning, there is an inherent contradiction in the very notion of having sharik al-bari. The, 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 uh, the meaning that the notion of an associate of the divine is self-contradictory. Why? Because it is in the nature of the divine to be absolute and to be absolutely exclusive when it comes to having power. Meaning, if you attribute even two, there will be a fight. One would say create, the other would say annihilate. One would say yes, the other would say no. And no universe can be created with such contradiction between centers of power. In order for the universe to arise in the first place, you do need to have a unique creator. Right? And this is what's called Dalil al-Tamanu. That if you have two creators, the whole universe would not arise. Why? Because one would say yes, one would say no. As a matter of fact, Technically, one would not be a creator because if he were, then the other would have to be not be a creator. Meaning, there is a, there is a contradiction 
and the notion of a multiplicity of divine beings. Divinity as such, al-uluhiyya, okay, assumes, all right, inherently al-istiqlaliyya, independence, exclusivity. It, there cannot be multiplicity of divine beings, okay? So the Shaykh is saying, rahmatullahi alayhi, cut it short, save yourself the agony, assume one unifying, glorious one, okay? Who gathers all things, creates all things, does all things, puts all the wisdom in everything, puts all the knowledge in everything that we see manifested in everything, okay? It's all his knowledge, it's all his will, it's all his capacity, it's all his intricacy, it's all his complexity, it is all his creation, okay? And save yourself from the madness of having to assume an infinite number of, of beings in every iota of this universe. So this is the second part of the third illumination, all right? Can I take a sip of water? Is this making any sense? Inshallah. إِنَّ كُلَّ ذَرَّةٍ لَا سِيَمَ إِذَا كَانَتْ مِنَ الْبِذْرَ وَالنَّوَاهِ لَهَا وَضْعِيَّ مُنْتَظِمَ عَجِيبَةٍ Because every atom, especially if it belongs to a seed or a, um, what do you call it? Somebody has to help me. What is it in English? What do you call it? The central part of a cell? Nucleus. Nucleus. Sorry. That's the one. Okay. So if the atom belongs to a seed or a nucleus, as Hayes points out, okay, you will find that it would have a position which is orderly in a wonderful way. Okay? And it has a kind of fitness with the other parts of the living being to which it belongs. Meaning, the cell of the muscle sits in the neighborhood of other muscle cells. And there is a fitness, okay, that connects it. There is a, it actually fits in its place. On the outer part of the muscle, those muscle cells that are on the edge actually have a particular fitness with other muscle cells sitting on the edge. And those that actually have to interact with the nerves, where the connectors of the nerve cells come in contact with the muscle cells, there is a particular fitness between those and those other cells. Meaning there is an elegance in the putting together of these things. Okay? So, every atom, especially if it belongs to a seed or a nucleus, has a particular orderly and wonderful position. And a type of fitness, munasaba, with the other parts of the living thing, to which it belongs, or of which it is a part. As a matter of fact, it even has fitness to the type of cell 
or to the type of, of member of the body to which it belongs. Meaning, a brain cell fits with its neighborly brain cells, but also has a general fitness with fitting within the nervous system. And, and neurons are very different than muscle cells, okay, in general. Right? So the, the, the fitness is actually neighborly and general. Right? As a matter of fact, this fitness is not at the level of the neighborly cells and then at the, at, the, at the member, but as a matter of fact, a fitness with all beings. Okay. All right? Meaning, the type of being that the cell of the muscle has all right, with bodily things is different than the kind of being that a triangle has in the world of mathematics. That's why, for example, something on the internet cannot interact with something in your kitchen. All right? Unless you have an interface. That's what they do in virtual reality machines. You make an interface. What's the interface? It is a kind of barzakh, a, a, an in-between, that makes one being in one domain affect another being in, a, in another domain. Okay? So there is a kind of fitness at the level of the neighborly cells, at the level of the member, at the level of the whole body, at the level of being as such. Okay? And it has actual functions and has actual duties, tasks. Okay? is a set of tasks. In, in, in military terms, they would call it a mission. Okay? That would have a, a set of tasks that are to be executed. Okay? It has tasks that are like like soldiers in the in, in military hierarchy. And the Sheikh has experience of this because he was part of the Ottoman uh, army, or actually more of the militias in the war with Russia. He was also uh, part of military intelligence that was called Tashkilati Mahsus at one point. And um, so, so the Sheikh knows about strategy and tactics and military organization. As a matter of fact, if you look very carefully at the, uh, at the vocabulary, military vocabulary that he uses, it's actually quite um, German. This is not a coincidence. It has to do with the training by, by Bismarck's Germany of the Ottoman army. And, and there is a lot of theory of strategy and tactics in the, in the writings of the Sheikh. Here he says in passing that the tasks of the cells are like the missions Okay, the, the, the list of tasks given to a soldier in a military hierarchy. All right? This is what's called, uh, I think, mission uh, strategy, where the commander doesn't tell the, uh, uh, the group leader to wait for his orders all the time, but actually gives the whole mission to the unit, and then the unit executes as per the mission. So what he's saying is that in the cells, there is a, a kind of a program, basically, a set of tasks that is not less orderly than the military hierarchy. It is like having these tasks, just like soldiers do in military hierarchy. If you cut the 
لازمك أن تقبل في الذرة عينا ترى كل شيء وشعورا يحيط بكل شيء So if you take the atom and cut it off from its maker who is all knowing and all able you will need to assume that in every atom there is an eye that sees everything and a feeling that can sense everything that is surrounding it meaning if you cut off anything in the universe from a wise, all-knowing, all-powerful, omniscient, omnipotent creator, what are you doing? You will have to give that omnipotence and omnipotence and omniscience to the atom. Omniscience, omnipotence sounds big. Omni, all, omnipotence, potentia, powerful, all-powerful, okay? And omniscience, omni as in all, Sciencia, knowledge, all-knowing, okay? So, Alim Qadir, yeah? Uh, so, so the, the idea is that if you don't assume a, an omnipotent, omniscient creator of all these things, you will need to attribute the omnipotence and the omniscience to every atom of the creation. Tamam? Al-Hasil, he says. Rahmatullah Ali. Now, bear in mind, he wrote this stuff without books. He actually wrote this just papers and sitting on a tree at times, you know? He had like a tree house. And he would sit down and he would write this. This is amazing, when you, the, the intricacy of the writing. Okay? Al-Hasil, in conclusion he says, كَمَا أَنَّهُ لَوْ لَمْ تُسْنِدِ الشُّمَيْسَاتِ الْمَشْهُودَ فِي الْقَطَرَاتِ إِلَى جَلْوَةِ الشَّمْسِ فِي ضِيَائِهَا لازمك قبول شموس غير محصورة في أشياء صغيرة تضيق عن نجيمة الدبيبة التي تطير في الليل. In conclusion, if you do not attribute the suns that you see in the droplets when the sun shines with its illumination, you will have to accept an infinite number of suns, suns inside even the smallest things, things as small as the little light in those types, what do you call those insects that uh, shine at night? Fireflies. Fireflies. That uh, things that uh, w would not even accommodate a firefly that flies at night. Meaning, if you do not assume, okay, one creator, you're going to have to assume an infinite number of creators and you need to assume that such infinite creators are actually jammed into the smallest things, like a firefly. Okay? كذلك, similarly, لو لم تسند كل شيء إلى القدير المطلق, if you do not attribute everything to the infinite, uh, 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 able, the infinitely able, the infinitely powerful, Allah Azza wa Jal, الذي تتساوى بالنسبة إلى قدرته الذرات والشموس, for whom the little uh, atoms and the biggest suns are equal when it comes to the ability to create them. Meaning the power of Allah Azza wa Jal is not gradual, it's not gradated. Like it is not harder for Allah to make a sun than to make a, to make a, a, a fly. It's actually all infinitely easy for him. Why? Because difficulty, what is difficulty? Difficulty is to have hindrance. Hindrance is the resistance of one being to another. So if I try to push the wall, the wall will resist me. I have a being, the wall has a being, his being, 
its being is actually pushing against my being. In the case of Allah Azza wa Jal, who can resist him? Azza wa Jal, who has infinite power. So there can be no difficulty for him. So the creation of the sun for him is as easy to use the analogical language. Again, the language breaks down. So there is no harder or easier for Allah Azza wa Jal. Okay? It, he has infinite capacity, infinite ability, infinite power. كذلك لو لم تسند كل شيء إلى القدير المطلق الذي تتساوى بالنسبة إلى قدرته الذرات والشموس والجزء والكل والجزئي والكلي والصغير والكبير لازمك قبول آلهات غير متناهية وسقطت وسقطت في بلاها من أشنع البلاهات. So for him Allah Azza wa Jal, it's as easy to create the sun as to create an atom and to create a part as to create a whole. Okay, that's الجزء والكل and to create a specific thing or a general thing, and that's al-juz'i wal-kulli. In Arabic, this distinction comes from logic. Al-juz'u wal-kull, for example, this is a kull, and the finger is a juz'u. Okay? Juz'i uh, and kulli, this is a hisan, this is a horse, okay? And the kulli, horseness as such, that is kulli, okay? So the general versus the specific. General being kulli, specific, juz'i. While kull is the whole, and the, and the juz is the part. So it's a, it's a different it's part, whole, and then specific, general, right? So he's saying, for Allah Azza wa Jal, the creation of the atom is the same as the creation of the sun. And the creation of the part is the same, is the same as the creation of the whole thing. And the creation of the specific is the same as the creation of the general. And the, and the creation of the small is the same as the creation of the big. Why? Because he's infinitely able. Okay? If you don't accept this and attribute all this creation to the one omnipotent creator, Lazimaka, you will have to accept Qubul Alihat, accepting a, a, a divine beings, غير متناهية, that are infinite in number, fi balaha, and you will fall into stupidity, min ashna'il balahat, amongst the ugliest of stupidities. Okay? So, now this is the, uh, this is what's called in, uh, in, uh, in logic, reductio ad absurdum, meaning, that you, you, the way you do this qiyas or this argument is you say, if I accept this, I will end up with this. But this is absurd, therefore I should not accept this. That's the structure of his argument, which is a classical way of arguing for the mashayikh of ilm al-kalam. Actually, it's a classical. They have this kind of uh, deduction, then there is a, a, not argument rather than deduction. Then they have others like, uh, for example, the minbab awla. If, if, if a mere creature can do this, you know, more so for the creator, okay? But we can, we can get into the logic of how they argue as, as we progress. I just wanted to point out the kind of argument. I want to point out that as I speak, because it's off the cuff as they say, I may make mistakes in expression. If I make any expression that is مخالف للقرآن والسنة, 
and the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah, I tawbe Allah Azza wa Jal, I repent and uh, pray to Allah Azza wa Jal to forgive me because it is saqt kalam. It is very dangerous to speak of these matters because sometimes one makes mistakes and uh, the criterion that you should always use in everything that you hear from anyone is Quran and Sunnah. And, but Quran and Sunnah do not come in a, like a, in a vacuum. They're always handed down to us through Sanad Muttasil. So Quran and Sunnah as understood by the Mashaykh of this Ummah, bis Sanad Al-Muttasil, up to you, to, to whom you, you are hearing from. Okay? So uh, if I say anything, مخالف Quran and Sunnah, walima alayhi, Salaf hadihi al-Ummah wa mashayikhiha, then just reject it and correct me and I shall repent, inshallah. So inadvertently I may have said something wrong. I say this so that Allah forgives us. It used to be said that some mashayikh, and this is about ilm al-kalam, say that it's khawd fi ilm al-kalam is actually haram. Some mashayikh, actually there are books written about tahreem ilm al-kalam, that you should not have ilm al-kalam in the first place. And uh, there are people who say, um, علم الكلام is, is uh, فرض كفاية that some people have to do it I am of the view that today because of the working and, and because of the abundance of ilhad, of atheism the abundance of relativism, of skepticism the abundance of, of uh, uh, what do you call it, postmodernist mumbo jumbo okay, there is a there, it's actually a, a duty to, to try to understand our iman in ways that can answer these things. And uh, that is why I, I, I try to learn ilm al-kalam, I try to understand that I'm just a small talib. There are um, great mashayikh of ilm al-kalam who are still teaching in uh, places from Diyar Bakr to Azhar to, and uh, they are our teachers. May Allah give them tawfiq. And uh, thank you very much for your attendance. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.